Well, good evening, everybody, and happy Advent, and happy new liturgical year. I finally get to wear purple, and I don't have to make excuses for all of this, right? Unfortunately, you don't get to see me wear pink this year since you'll be on break. And it's pink. It's pink, right? Not rose, pink. It's pink. And also, don't worry, Father Mark has officially been banned by the Vatican from touching any, any decoration here in the chapel. So, uh, don't have to worry about that. But let me know if you see him in here. I'll come get him out. So we enter into the Advent season, which this year is the shortest that it could possibly be. We have three weeks uh, of Advent, and the fourth Sunday of Advent is the same day as Christmas Eve, right? Because uh, it's at dusk that the new day starts in the calendar. So what exactly is the Advent season? And, and what should we as Christians do differently in this time, right? Because we should. We should live differently. We shouldn't be uh, overtaken by all the commercialism that, that on December 26 starts putting out Valentine's Day stuff, right? It shouldn't, it, we shouldn't be overcome by the world in that way. So what should we do? Well, first, in Advent, the church doesn't require that we do the same penance that we do in Lent. These seasons, they're, they're distinct, and of course, they point to different events in salvation history. I'd say that Advent is an anticipatory season. But what do we do when we anticipate something? We prepare, right? If we're going on a trip, uh, we get our, our itinerary, and then we pack our bags, right? It'd be foolish to show up randomly with nothing, right? In sports, we prepare for a game by watching film and practice. I mean, even, even with a test, you study, right? You guys prepare for your day every morning. You get up. I hope you shower. Most of you probably do. You get dressed. You brush your teeth. You're prepared for the day. In Advent, we prepare our hearts for the coming of Christ, for his incarnation. And this is where Advent can look really similar to Lent. We prepare by prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. No, no, the church isn't requiring you to do it, but that's how you prepare your heart. Those three things. Jesus tells us to do those things. And so let me point out here that these three acts shouldn't just be a Lent thing or an Advent thing. They should encompass the entirety of our Christian lives because they, they direct our hearts toward Christ, which is the direction that we should always be going. Always. It shouldn't be like a Pelagian attempt to save ourselves or a stoic attempt at self-mastery. But these three things should be a cooperation with grace that makes and retains space in our hearts for Jesus Christ to be. So that he can be there always. We don't do these things for their own sake. 
So remember those things. Prayer, fasting, almsgiving. You know how to do those. Every one of you knows how to do those. It's not that difficult. The important thing is that what we choose to do to prepare during Advent, with whatever that is, we need to be ready to receive. To receive. And that means our hearts need to be watchful, ready, docile, and receptive. We need to be ready to receive the good news that salvation has come to us. But even more, to receive Christ himself. And we do this in quiet, patient, docile prayer. Honest fasting. And true almsgiving. A real sacrifice. With the eyes of our hearts watching and waiting as our Lord says in tonight's gospel. Brothers and sisters, when Christ was born, how many hearts do you think were ready to receive him? Right, we can think of a few. Mary and Joseph, of course. Elizabeth, Simeon, Anna, the shepherds, and the three kings, maybe. Okay. In history, he comes in silence on a quiet night. But then he reveals himself over time to those who didn't know who he was. But we, who follow him now, who are right here at this Mass, we don't have the luxury of ignorance. We don't have an excuse. He's already revealed his heart to us in his incarnation. And we celebrate this revelation with Advent and Christmas every year. So then, are our hearts ready to receive the salvation Christ has to offer? Are they ready? Or are we asleep? Last night I was looking over the gospel and and the Lord's words of warning really took on a tangible meaning for me. So I tend, I tend to go on walks around the neighborhood to pray and contemplate. And the Lord really gives me beautiful insights when I'm observing reality, not when I'm stuck in my own head, right? So remember that. The Lord works in the reality of your life. The real things, even if they're boring and mundane. Isn't that the incarnation? So imagine this. I'm walking alone. It's dark, and, and the trees and the plants are swaying in the wind, and they're like bare and dead, right? And it's cold. It's, it's kind of miserable out there, right? The streets were totally empty. There was not a single soul around, except one guy walking his dog, and he had like a Christmas light harness, which I appreciated. But... With that exception, and then with the exception of a few cars that would come by every now and again, there was nothing and there was no one. Totally empty. And it was really just desolate and almost oppressive. And as I'm walking around, I see that a lot of the, the houses have lights on in them. And, and several houses that I walk by, 
There's only the glow of the television on. That's it, right? And I'm sure you can picture exactly what I'm talking about. That bluish-green sort of, sort of ominous glow, right, that fills a room, a single room, right? It's, it's kind of like, it's kind of dead, right? These homes were, were dark except for that light, that dreary greenish light. Now, were these people asleep? Maybe. Were they distracted? Certainly. And were they, were they wasting time? Absolutely. Right? But there's one home that I walked by that was the polar opposite. It's this beautiful brick house, and it was warmly lit, and it was almost inviting. Right? That would have been kind of weird if I was like, hey, nice house, can I come in? Right? But didn't do that. But the main reason why this house seemed this way was because in every window there was a lit candle shining outward, albeit electric, right? But there was a candle in the window shining outward. And I'm sure you've seen that before in windows around Christmas time. Monsignor O'Neill used to do it at the house that I live in now. But it means something. The tradition shows that this place, particularly the hearts in that place, they're home, they're there, and they're ready to receive those who come to them with a warm welcome. That, that whole experience for me was clearly analogous to what Advent is. We walk in a fallen world, full of sin and death, and honestly, these things make the world pretty dark and pretty cold. And there's so many out there who are locked up within themselves, distracted by insignificant and passing things. Their eyes are looking elsewhere. They're not facing the reality of the broken world. And they're not even wanting to go near the reality of their broken hearts. They sit distracted, unprepared, not watchful or ready. They, they want something different. I believe that's true. But they're asleep. One might even say, dead within themselves. Then there are those whose hearts are open and watching, looking for any sign that the Lord might be near. Their candles are lit, giving a place of welcome for whenever he does arrive. And they're prepared to receive that salvation that is freely given. So this is Advent. It's a time in which we prepare within our own hearts a proper place for our Lord to reside when he does come. So we watch and wait with, with deep anticipation so that we don't leave him out in the cold when he knocks on the door of your heart. Brothers and sisters, if you didn't know, the incarnation of Christ, that is the very thing our hearts long so deeply for. 
for God to become one of us that he may save us. I think that the Christmas hymn, O Holy Night, it's one of my favorites. I've been listening to it at the house, annoying Father Mark, you know, like waking him up in the morning. No, I'm just kidding. I haven't been doing that. But I do think that song speaks, speaks really deeply to this longing. And it explains well the anticipa- anticipation of Advent in its few initial lines, right? It says, Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appear, and the soul felt its worth. The soul felt its worth. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. This fallen world, this world of sin, it makes our souls unbearably weary, especially especially if we sit in sin. We need to be saved. And the only path to that salvation that that we pine for, that our hearts desire, it's, it's Jesus Christ. That's it. There's nothing else that'll save you. Nothing. You can try. When he does appear, We will know that God has not abandoned us in this, but that he does indeed love us. Because each and every one of our souls is infinitely valuable to him. It bears his image, no matter who you are. But in order to experience this newness of life that he offers to us, we have to freely choose to receive him. True love requires freedom. This means we must be watchful, ready, docile, and receptive. We have to allow him entrance into our brokenness. And in that, everything that we've ever hoped for becomes reality. Brothers and sisters, I wish you a blessed Advent. Remain awake during this season and receive the salvation that belongs to you.